Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of A Pastor and His People. Today we're going to think about the sermon we looked at yesterday, uh, the passage, First uh, John chapter 4, verses 7 through 10. Um, uh, another passage on love, loving one another. Uh, he tends to be repetitive, John Wicker, does he not? Uh, a little bit, just a tad. Just a tad. Um, let me read it. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. Whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world, so that he might live through him, so that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. All right, what do we got? It's a good one. Uh, well, your first point in verse 7 was love imitated. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so, uh, I liked the first point you said. Uh, what will people do or say of your love, right? It's often you hear, like, uh, when you're gone, what will people say about you? But I like how you said, what would they say about your love in particular? And I think that's really good. Uh well, personality, it's like when you leave someone's presence, will they think about your love towards people? And maybe just kind of elaborate on that and kind of. Yeah, well, I, mean, I think, you know, partly looking at the lives of um, Ellen Green and Faye Branham and how people communicated and felt loved by them and how they served others. That was a wonderful kind of picture for me as I even thought about this, these verses. Um, but I often, it's like, did I like this person? And, you know, what will people think of me? But no, really, what will they think of your love? Right. Mm-hmm. Will they think of your love and you pouring your life out for others? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you know, one of the challenges of preaching First John is there's a lot of similar themes. And how do I communicate similar themes in different ways? Um, so that's part of the way I'm just kind of thinking, how do we, how do we specifically love? And how are people looking at us as those who love well? Mm-hmm. So that's good. And you kind of, you kind of kept going back and forth between this um, part Baptist love and then, people's love mm-hmm. how do you um distinguish between the two and how do you kind of as a pastor like our love and then like you as an individual's love how do you kind yeah of- well i think as as a member of the church your individual love is part of our love as a church right mm-hmm. so how you love uh, your wife how you love your friends how you love your family that is a sign and a picture of the love that god has as in park baptist church so i think there's an individual aspect of our love but there's also a a corporate how are we as a body loving each other um so are are we loving each other well uh, i asked someone this week where areas that we could grow in our love and someone mentioned we probably could grow in our love for singles right um you know we may do a better job caring for and loving specifically tangibly families and couples um maybe intentionally maybe groups like college students or seniors but what if you're in though that young adult frame and you're not in a specific college group but you don't are we loving singles well i mean i don't know the answer to that i'm sure we're loving some well and maybe we can grow in other loving others as well Uh, so i think there is a unique i'm trying to encourage individual christians to grow in their love right and i want you as an individual christian to love one another so are is your love patient and kind is your love uh, rude or arrogant is your love insisting on its own way and then how are we doing that as a body right because one of the things is we need to have people in our life able to confront us when our love is not well. So you say, okay, as a church, are we loving well? 
is there this kind of love emanating from us as a, as a culture? Um, and if it's not, we got to correct it. So when you see incorrect love, we should probably address it. Hmm. Yeah. Um, you had this quote from your first point. It says, the world wants to celebrate sin. Yeah. Um, and I just thought of maybe this is what you're going with, maybe not. And cause, but I find like the world, right. And TVs and movies and et cetera. Cause you started mentioning the world and celebrate sin. And then you mentioned that first Corinthians 13 and you know, love is not this love is this. Do you find that TVs, movies and things like that are, um, what word did I put here? Or basically, they're influencing us more in subtle sins like mocking, complaining, bitterness, irritability. I thought uh, irritability that was stuck out to me, and then uh, then outright wrong sex, drugs, murder. Right? Are people going to watch TV and like they may not actually go out and murder someone like they're seeing? Correct. But they may be more irritable because it's funny because a character, an irritable character, is funny. Yeah. So if you have if. Uh sarcasm, for example, is used so much in TV, right? You may be adopting a sarcastic personality, a personality and a humor that may drive itself on putting people down. Mm. Well, that is ungodly communication yeah. to put anybody else down. You know, I, I may fall trapped to it too. So I'm not right. saying, you know, I've, I've struggled with sarcasm probably most of my life. It's been you know, working, continuing to be reformed. So when I think about uh, rejoice in wrongdoing, that's where that's the verse, right? Yeah. Love does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. You know, so obviously there's the sexual nature of our culture, right? There's yeah. a you know Romans one, we not only do awful things, but we give approval to those who practice them. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember my old pastor said this about the the TV show Glee. Now I've never watched Glee, so this is not an endorsement of the show, <laughs> but he said he was watching Glee, and um, the main character um, was, um, you know, there was a teacher and then the two teachers together and. The, there was almost like this picture, one was married, one wasn't, and there was this budding relationship between a woman and a man who was not his, not her husband, right? right? And he said, like, watching the show, the way that they created the character and the storyline, you, you were almost cheering for this relationship to happen. Yeah. So your heart was almost rejoicing in this movement towards sin, right? right? Um, you know, maybe even... Uh, that could be similar to The Office, right? Yeah. In Jim and Pam's relationship. No, yeah. never. You know, uh, <laughs> no, not The know, Office. <laughs> uh, Pam is in a relationship with somebody, <clears throat> but you're not cheering that relationship. You're cheering Jim, right? right? And you're rejoicing in infidelity, right? Maybe in that in that one scene, it finally happened. You right. know, um, I'm not even sure if they were still together at that point or not. But you, you get what I'm saying. I think that. Yeah. So I think this, the, the the nature of the culture, uh, they're not. They don't have the same values. Right. Yeah. So you have to be careful. What is the cultural value that's trying to draw you and rejoice and celebrate mm-hmm. rather than to reject? So I think what I was in the background in my head was um, the culture of acceptance. Mm-hmm. We need to rejoice that this person has come out and said, I declare that I'm no longer a woman, but I'm a man. Right. We, the, the culture says celebrate her individuality. And we as Christians say, no, we don't celebrate and rejoice in wrongdoing. Yeah. We rejoice in the truth. And the truth is that you are a person made in God's image. And God, in his sovereign wisdom, right. in his perfect sovereign wisdom, made you a woman. Right. Therefore, we're not going to rejoice in that. So, Right. And I guess more I was thinking was, um, I guess maybe 
half, that your percentage was, half would say, okay, don't be persuaded by the, the sexual revolution and gender identity, right? But I was more of, I guess, like, for me, when I see those things, I'm not going to all of a sudden be like, oh, yeah, homosexuality is not a sin anymore. Sure. But what I may get is that sarcasm, bitterness, irritability, which I don't even realize it's happening. It's I'm now more irritable. I'm now more bitter. And I think it's okay subconsciously because I've been watching these things where they. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. You know, you know I think that, that that's definitely there. You know, I yeah. think that you can avoid the big stuff, but don't realize how the little things are affecting you. Right. You know, I think that, you know, I've always said, does it pass the Philippians 4, 8 test? Is it lovely, excellent, praiseworthy? Mm-hmm. Uh, think about such things. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't pass that test, we may, we may want to avoid it. Because yeah. I don't think that we realize the long-term effects it has on us. Yeah, that's good. Uh, your second point in verse 8, uh, love defined. Uh, short point in your sermon. Short, short point, yep. Uh, but, I mean, you said God is love, not love is God. I think that was like your... A quote from that point right there. Do yeah. you want to elaborate on what you mean by well, that? Well, I think our society want, wants to say love is God, right? Mm-hmm. Is that love is the, is the epitome of this world, right? Mm-hmm. And the epitome of this world is not love. It's it's the God who is behind love, right? It's the sovereign creator God, not uh, love as an emotion, right? So especially around the holidays in Hallmark movies, um, <laughs> uh, Simeon is watching them probably right now. <laughs> you know, this idea of, of, of love Love kind of makes the world go round. Mm-hmm. Right? All we need is love. I mean, think about all the different songs that have been created over the years. Um, you know, the poets. I just think love is not the, the, the root. It's God, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't even draw this out, right? Just because I'm probably, I might talk about this coming week because this, this same state, mm-hmm. God, God is love again in this next section. Um, but God, love is defined by this triune God. I kind of talked about that a little bit, but really in John 5, that's where you get it. It's the Father and the relationship with the Son. The father reveals himself to the son fully, and the son is 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 and this is the, that great picture of love there. So there's this disclosing and this honest who I am is you know you can see that as as love. Um, you know I didn't even talk about how what who else God is. God is love, but he's, God is wrath. Mm-hmm. God is justice. Uh, God is holiness. I mean, there's other aspects of God's character. Yeah. And I think what our what our what our society says God is love, and they want to flip it and say love is God. If you're loving then you are of God, right? Mm. But love has to be defined by not rejoicing in wrongdoing and rejoicing in the truth. Mm. So you can be loving in the worldly sense and be unloving in the spiritual sense, Mm. right? And I think that is affirming people in their sin would be one way that we are appearing loving or being tolerant, um, maybe like the Corinthians, being arrogant, but shouldn't you rather mourn? Right, because they have left the faith. Yeah, First Corinthians thirteen. That was really good. How you kind of tied that in there. I really appreciated the, the and the mention that it's a rebuke. You it's know, a, rebuke. a lot of people yeah. don't know that. That's yeah. really good. <laughs> First passage you ever preached to. Yeah, wild, good times. <laughs> uh, your point three: uh, love is demonstrated. Mm-hmm. Right, verses nine and ten. Um, you're kind of making an appeal. I believe here you're making an appeal to the non-believer. Right, yeah. come. To Jesus, and you said it gets better and better. How does Jesus get better and better as time goes on? Just like any relationship, the you know, there's certain kinds of people. The more you get to know them, you see some of their flaws, mm-hmm. right? But you also get to see more of their strengths. Mm-hmm. I think that's the same with Jesus. No, not as flaws, well, of course, <laughs> uh, but just his strengths. I mean, how patient he is with you, how he continually loves you, 
how his love never ceases, right? Mm. And you can even picture all the different blessings that God has given you. So I'm doing some memorization in Ephesians, right? Uh, Ephesians 1, uh, 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, um, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, yeah. right? I mean, every spiritual blessing, right? So I think the more and more you grow in Christ, you realize how much God has actually blessed you and how much he loves you and how much he has endured with you and how much is right there. So I think that the love of God uh, in Christ is just grows more and more as you understand it. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think partially also you said, would say we ourselves are becoming more holy or, you know, somewhat is being, we're being transformed yep. and we're able to understand and comprehend God more, which we just, yeah, the, the, capacity is just yeah first corinthians 2 you know the natural man doesn't understand the spirit the spirit and spiritual man only has to understand the things of god so mm -hmm. when you're of the spirit you'll grow more and more in the knowledge and understanding of god right mm -hmm. i think we're in, we're, we're going to end up in romans 11 right you know oh, the depths of the riches the wisdom of god like who who has known this right mm -hmm. i mean even what god said to job like were you there when i did all these things right uh, we weren't <laughs> Lord, that you, did, that you were you know? so well, we were. Um, you know i think that it's hard to imagine how much God loves us, yeah. right? Even this idea that he's our propitiation. Like we may understand when we first become Christians that God has taken our sin and paid for him, but we don't understand that maybe he's also given us his righteousness mm. and his, his character. And every promise is yes and amen in him. Every promise is yes and amen in Jesus. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. That is just, it gets better and better as the more you understand it. Yeah, that's good. Um, you made this remark about eternal life. You said it's not something you get when you die. But something you can get now, so because I think most people understand eternal life as like when you die, being able to live forever yep. eternally. Yep. How would you then maybe define or or what do you mean by eternal life then? Yeah. So eternal life, I think, is you have um, you are connected and united with Christ, mm -hmm. right? So in John, First uh, John five thirteen, I write things these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life, mm -hmm. not that you will have eternal life. Yeah. Right. So I think what he's trying to say that we might live through him. I mean, we, we have the eternal life of God in us by the power of the Holy Spirit, that, yeah. that, that, that the Holy Spirit has sealed us until the day of redemption. And we are now living the abundant eternal life. Right. Displaying uh, this yeah. life of God to the world. Right. So, yes, it is there and then. Right. We will have eternal life when we go to heaven. Mm -hmm. But that eternal life begins now. Mm -hmm. Right. So. Paul makes this idea that the, although the um, outer man is wasting away, the inner man is being renewed day by day. Mm -hmm. I think that's what he's trying to get at here. Yeah. We now can live out the eternal life by choosing God, mm -hmm. by choosing to live a holy life, by choosing to love, because we have the Holy Spirit, right? Mm -hmm. So when I asked the question at the beginning, does our love look like, uh, or does the love of Park Baptist Church, can it only be explained by the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit of God? If we're only loving like the world, yeah. Matthew, what reward will we get? Yeah. If we love only those who look like us, mm. don't the tax collectors and the sinners do the same? There's an element that we need to have a supernatural empty tomb affection that was only wrought to us by the Holy Spirit. Mm. So that's that's what I was trying to draw out there. So I think what he's trying to do here is he's talking about that both are one and the same. He sent his son so that we may have eternal life, and he sent his son that we may have forgiveness of our sins, mm -hmm. right? That we have an atoning sacrifice. So both right. those things are linked, yeah. right? Because what did Jesus cry? I came to give you life and right. life to the fullest. Well, how does Jesus give life? Well, it's believing in his death, burial, and resurrection. Yeah. So. 
I think it's interesting the purpose statement for First John and the purpose statement for the Gospel of John both deal with that you may Gospel of John is that you may believe the things that you may have eternal life. First John is that you may know that you have eternal life. It's, yeah. it seems like John's really focused on this eternal life. Thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, even this, this passage this coming week, this idea of fear is there. Yeah. Like fear has to do with judgment, but perfect mm-hmm. love has cast out fear. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to dig in that, Lord willing, uh, next week. Um, and we think about Hebrews. I mean, what does Hebrews say, right? That Jesus Christ came in the flesh to destroy the works of the devil, mm-hmm. right? And destroy for those who have been held captive or enslavement to the fear of death, mm-hmm. right? Well, we have been freed from that. So now we can live sacrificially. We can live sacri- um, with suffering mm-hmm. because we know that this is not our final home. We can endure because of the resurrection, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah. You know, so um, first. Corinthians 15, right? That if the resurrection didn't happen, we should be pitied more than all men. But because the resurrection did happen, we are not pitied, mm-hmm. right? But we have every you know, spiritual blessing in Christ. Yeah, that's good. Uh, last point, um, love perfected. Uh, verses 11 and 12. Um, I think what you're doing here is an application of assurance. and uh, But I think it's very kind of somewhat Western, right? Is that God is providing us testable evidence for assurance that we are saved, right? Because you're saying, especially in that one verse, uh, it says, no one has ever seen God, yep. right? It's You can't see him, you can't touch him, you can't you can't use your senses, right, to use the scientific method to prove God's there, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But what John is offering is empirical evidence that not only are you saved, but if you are saved, that means God's real. The God who is not seen can be seen. I thought that was just really intriguing how you were kind of walking. Maybe you weren't thinking what I was thinking. But no, no, no I think it, that's a great way to kind yeah. of, I mean, I think that he's trying to assure believers right. that you have eternal life by your love. Right. And I think that, you know, we often, maybe especially in the reform camp, we talk about how sinful we are, right? right? We love talking about, you know, total depravity. Um, and we're always going to be growing in sanctification. But, right. you know, when we love, that, that was a work by the Holy Spirit. Right. I can love this person that I don't maybe not even like, but I can love them and grow in my love for them because God has changed me. Yeah. You know, like that's a work of God and yeah. we should celebrate that. And because I'm continuing to do that with people in my life and yeah. bear with them and forgive them. I think this is why Jesus says, if you don't forgive others, their sins, he will not forgive you. Right. right? So if you are not loving others, right. When people who've hurt you, even yeah. loving your enemies, right. That you may be perfect as my heavenly father is perfect or yeah. complete. Right. Another way of saying it, uh, I don't think that you belong to the Lord, yeah. right? But that, but when we do, it's a reminder to us that right. we actually are saved. Right. We've been born again. I mean, think of First Peter, right? You know, when you go through suffering, how you handle suffering is is evident right. that you belong to God. Yeah. If you handle suffering and you are embittered towards God, or you handle suffering knowing that God is using it to, to sanctify you, to grow you, right. and you end up at the other end, well, that, that proves that you belong to him. Right. So okay. that's a great point. Yeah, which assurance you need. It's hard to have assurance if you can't see something or, you know, but he's trying to offer us assurance in the that which is not seen. Yeah. But I think it's really cool what you said um, just now. The uh, How did you word it? Um, but you, you're basically saying, like, we often want to say, like, oh, we do nothing right. You know, like, we're sinners. That's all we are. We're just, but, and you kind of hear this sometimes of, like, I can't do this. I can't do this. But kind of what you're saying, the Holy Spirit's in us. And if we say we can't do something, we're saying the Holy Spirit can't move. 
the Holy Spirit can't empower us. You know, I thought that was uh, that was very helpful. And, and then you mentioned uh, in your sermon uh, G cube, which I don't know if you know this. It sounds like GQ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, why is he saying GQ? And I'm like, oh, three Gs, GQ. Yeah, yeah, I like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Glory glimpses. Yes. Uh, How did you think of that? Well, I mean, I think that um, you know, give glory glimpses. Right? Is that we want to help people see Christ? Right? Yeah. So. You know, let people let our light shine, so that people may see our good works and give glory to our Father who is in heaven. Mm-hmm. We don't want people to see our good works; we want them to see our good works, so that they would see give glory to our Father in heaven. Right. So, I think this this idea of like when we try to love tangibly, we're trying to. So John one eighteen is in my head, right? The Father who has, you know, God is, can, you know, as no one has ever seen God, but the, the one God, the one and only, has made Him known. Right? Mm-hmm. I think we want to make God known, so we just want to help people see Him by yeah. how we love. Right, so we want to give the world a glimpse of God's glory mm. in how we love. Right, so, um, so I think sometimes when you're in the um, the nitty gritty, you don't really want to do certain things. Right, you're battling against your flesh, whether it's tiredness or you know lack of desire, whatever the case may be. But when we love people tangibly because God has loved us, what we're saying, like you said before, that which is unseen is now seen, mm. and that, that you who may have never seen God, can see God in your life. Right. And that gives the world a glimpse, mm-hmm. right? You know, maybe that it starts to remove the blinders. Wait, right. wait, God is real. I can see it. And that's why I think that's the apologetic of the local church. Right. You have people who have no right to be together, and yet they're loving each other in a profound way, bearing with one another. Mm-hmm. That is profound, right? right? And I think that gives a glimpse of God's glory to the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Is there maybe any uh, kind of, made some application there of you know how we care for people when they're sick and even the the two ladies who passed away how the church cared for them is there maybe any um any other practical application kind of the holiday season coming up of ways the church can love and give glory glimpses to the people around them yeah so i think one is maybe an invitation uh for people that you may not think has an invitation Mm -hmm. right um uh, gifts are a small way. Who doesn't love cookies at Christmas? <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, uh, I think uh, just making people know that they're seen and they're valued, mm-hmm. right? Especially during the holidays. Holidays are tough for lots of people for mm-hmm. lots of different reasons. Uh, partly because the world is broken and there's been a lot of brokenness in people's homes mm-hmm. that tend to be intensified around the holidays uh, because there's a greater longing and a greater um, emotion that I want this holiday to be amazing. And then it, it usually is not yeah. right, you know, um, you know, New Year's, New Year's, <laughs> right? um, you know. But I do think that there's this: I want this perfect family, I want yeah. this perfect experience, and I want these things to happen and work so well. And I look around, and all I see is 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 what's portrayed is laughing, right. smiling, happy people, you know. And then, well, that's not my life, mm-hmm. and there's discontent. I think that comes with it. So if we're just kind of caring for one another, bearing with them, like just regular encouragement. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, I think that you sitting with Karen Simpson on Sunday was a glimpse of God's glory, right? Now, that's something very small that you did. You saw a one of our um, members that is, is older than you, right? Uh, and she was alone, recently lost her husband, and you didn't want her to sit alone, right? So you just sat next to her to be nice, mm-hmm. right? Um, but what it communicated to her is, I'm loved, I'm valued. What it communicated to me from the from the pulpit is a glimpse of God's glory. Mm-hmm. There's a glimpse of God's glory in how you care for, because like, that would not have happened without the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. Right. And you didn't even think twice about it. It wasn't like, 
I'm going to go do this right now. Like, <laughs> I think it was just kind of like, that's just part of who you are. It's the character that God has wrought in you, right? right? So things like that. You're always looking and having a disposition. Hey, how can I serve? How can I bless others? Yeah, I would say if I could add one, just even with the sitting, where you sit at church, you know, really could like, because there are some people who don't get a lot of human interaction throughout the week. And then Sunday may be an opportunity for you to just, even sitting close to them may help them out. So also, like, I've been seeing this, especially because our pulpits, we're only using every other row. And then people sit on the ends. And therefore, it's kind of awkward for people to kind of, So even just, like, I'm going to scoot and sit on the inside. And it's almost like you're inviting people to sit in the row with you. Yeah, somewhat. And, and, and it's also, like, this beautiful picture of um, you may be doing that, and you no one may know why you're doing that. Mm. But the Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's a, there's an element of I'm just going to do this for the glory of the Lord and for nobody else. Mm-hmm. And, and beloved, it's worth it even if for that. Yeah. So that's good. Uh, well, let's, let's pray us out. Why don't you pray us out, friend? I will do. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time, Lord. We thank you, Father, for your word. We thank you for Christ, the incarnate word who came to die for our sins and uh, rise again, Lord, offering us hope reconciliation, and eternal life, Lord. And I pray, Father, for Park Baptist Church, uh, that we would have life in Christ, that we would be empowered by your Holy Spirit, and that we would love uh, one another in a way that we give to the world uh, glimpses of your glory, and that they may come to know Christ as their Savior. I pray, Lord, you be with us this holiday season, that we may love one another more than we love ourselves. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.